Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves Nicolas Cage. Frank, how are you today? I am fine, but I really need you to help me find the Declaration of Independence. I really need you to stop ignoring me. We need to do this. Okay. Um, I really wasn't ignoring you, but you well, never once you know, you left me unread. You left my text unread. Of independence. I'm just saying, you know, you treated me like like a like a conspiracy theorist because I kept saying we needed to go find the Declaration of Independence, and I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but like I don't appreciate that. You have nothing nope. better to do. We are on quarantine. Like I know you're home. I know you're seeing them. <laughs> I know. That's why I. That's why I'm trying to tell you. It's in Washington D.C. We're not allowed to go there. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, I was clearly very confused, and uh, I have shamed myself. Good. Excellent. No, what you can do to make up for it, though, is tell me what you're drinking. Okay. Um. Well, I am drinking. So, social distancing. We are both practicing social distancing, and mm-hmm. um, for this is now. I'm entering my third full week of it um, at two and a half weeks. Uh, there, uh, in the last year, a new brewery opened up here in the town where I live, and uh, I have been very excited. Well, actually, I should qualify that. Can I tell a little story? Do you mind if I go on a little little side track here? Go, go for it. I visited them when they first opened, uh, like July of last year, maybe, so like almost a year ago. And I have to say, Tim, I hate to say it, I was not super impressed with with really. I was not super impressed with what they had to offer at first. I I went there once and I tried a uh, a flight a sampler mm-hmm. and I didn't. I wasn't loving what I tasted. But it's been a while. It's been a little while. And and during all of this social distancing stuff, they have remained open for you know takeaway pickup of cans. So I said, you know what? I want to support local. But I've been supporting local restaurants and doing takeout and delivery and stuff, trying to lo- support them when I can when I'm not cooking at home. And so I said, you know, I'm doing the same with this brewery. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a four pack, and and I went even a step further and I picked up a saison, which I'm kind of iffy on saisons as as far as my personal taste goes. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love this saison. So this is oh. East Regiment Brewing Company's. Steve's quality saison. Um, that is a reference. Um, I guess I'll pull back the curtain enough to say that I, I live in Salem, Massachusetts. Yes, that's Salem, the witch trial Salem. And uh, we have a little, a little like grocery meat market place called Steve's Quality Market. And so East Regiment named this beer Steve's Quality Saison after Steve's Quality Market. It's a, 
I was wondering about the title. Yes. Because, or the, the, it's uh, def- the name of the beer. Yeah. It's, it's a strange one. It's a strange name. It's, uh, without knowing the context, it's an unusual name. And the, I'm showing you the can right now. This is the, the, like, this is the neon sign out front of Steve's Quality Market. That's cool. They've reproduced it on the can. Um, so Steve's Quality Saison. And I really, really love this beer. Um, I, I went back and got another four pack of it because I loved it so much. Um, and I don't normally care for saisons very much, but it's not super sour, and it's not mm. super. It's 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 very um, it's it's five point one ABV, so it's kind of on the lighter side in terms of uh, alcohol mm-hmm. content. Uh, I really really enjoy it. They have a tap room, you know. The, the tap room is closed right now for obvious reasons, but if you're ever in Salem, Massachusetts, make your way up here. Check out East Regiment. It's a little bit off the beaten path. Um, partly because it's it's newer, but I really recommend their stuff. Um, I have I went from being not such a fan to being a big fan, and uh, I've I've made th- three visits uh since all of this craziness went down, and uh, starting to become chummy with the guys behind the counter. So, highly recommend East Regiment Brewing Company. Steve's quality saison is great. They have a uh, Hefeweizen that's really really good as well. So, if you're in the area, I don't think we have distribution yet, but if you ever make your way up uh, into these parts, check it out. That's my long-winded way of saying I'm drinking a saison. Good for you. That's great. That's great. Um, Frank, weirdly, I'm also drinking a saison. Ooh, uh, what are the chances yeah. of that? I know that was so because I am also not a huge fan of saison, but I did like a pick six. Which I really did like a pick twelve before like quarantine and all that. I was like, sure. I don't know when I'll be back, so I'm gonna I, take all of them. I hear that. So this is a Boulevard Brewing Company from their Smokestack series. Boulevard Brewing Company is in a place, um, Kansas City, Missouri, actually. So it's pretty wide distribution. I love Boulevard. Is that Tank 7? Tank 7. Yes! Yeah. I love Tank 7. It's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I guess I didn't remember that was a Saison as well, but that's I like that one very much, too. This American Saison Ale, fruity, aromatics, citrusy, balanced, dry, and hoppy perfection. It says it's an 8.5, uh, so it's Ooh. a little bit uh, heftier than yours. Yeah. This is it's really good. It is also not sour the way that a lot of Saisons are, and and not um, uh, coriander. Sometimes there's a lot of coriander, which tastes like soap to me, so I... I I uh we've talked about I this. Yes, tr- yes. Yeah, I tread heavy on the say uh on the saisons. I'm going to read the side Boulevard Boulevard, the legend, while experimenting with Belgian-style farmhouse ales, the perfect combination of elements fortuitously came together in a cantankerous fermenter number 7. You could call it fate, but we called it Tank 7. Nice. So it's nice. an accident beer, which I like. I love that. I love that. I know. I, I feel like, have we talked about, the, do you like, um, now you said the coriander tastes like soap to you, mm-hmm. does, um, oh shoot, what's the other one that, that often tastes like soap to people? They're the same, I know what you're thinking of, they're the same thing, actually, that's why they both taste like soap, apparently, um, I, I think I, I think I'm correct in saying that's coriander and, um, oh goodness gracious me, Frank, I, uh, can't remember the name of it. Yeah. So use do you want to use a look I'm going to use a look up. I'm going to use a look up because it's, oh, shoot. It's, a, why is it like not, it's on the tip of my tongue right now. Um, but it's a, it's a leafy green. Um, yep. That mm-hmm. often appears in like Mexican food, right? Um, yep. Shoot. What am I thinking? Yeah, I'll use, I'll use my look up. It's okay. 
um, save it because I'm the one. I'm the one that's soapy. Soapy man. I'm a soapy. I'm a soapy soap. A cilantro. Cilantro. That's what it is. So they're the same plant. Cilantro core. Cilantro coriander. Oops, not cilantro corn. So like cilantro. coriander maybe is the seed and cilantro is the leaf because I know coriander is like a seed, seedy type of seedy underbelly. Um, coriander is an annual herb in the family. Blah 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 blah. Uh, in the United States, the stems and leaves are usually called cilantro. Ah, uh, okay, there you go. All parts of the plants are edible, so cilantro is only part of the plant of uh, coriander. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Interesting. Well, today I learned. I know. Isn't that fun? I love yeah, that. There you go. So at least there aren't two plants in the world that taste like soap to some people, but not yeah, people. Yeah, but that's a genetic thing, apparently. Mm-hmm. So it like is. Certain people, yeah, yeah. Have Roll that. your tongue, taste like soap, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah one of those Whistling, things. Whistling, I guess, I think. I I yeah, I guess. I guess. Some people can't. Um, so I don't know if it's genetic or not, but certainly some people can't. Mm. Well, look, we gather here today... To talk about one of the greatest movies that ever was. One of my favorite films. I know it's one of your favorite films. Uh, and it is. It is. It's a classic. It's an all-time classic. We, we referenced it earlier. It is the Nicolas Cage classic, Superman Lives. Indeed. Frank, this came out in, what, 1997? 96, 97, 97. yeah, around there. It was Tim Burton's film right after Mars Attacks. Yeah. Uh, and I, actually, you could see some of Mars Attacks in it, which is funny. It has that, like, offbeat sci-fi yes, vibe to it. Yes, that's right. Um, which is fun. It's kind of like the, you know, Wayne Boring era of um Wayne Boring era of Superman. Wayne yes. Boring was a Superman artist in the nineteen fifties. Good pull. He made super he made Superman look like a giant block. Um if you he was like a he was like a giant like a tank seven, if you will. Um <laughs> oh, yeah he was <laughs> yeah he was like broad shouldered and broad chested and like yeah kind of I feel like sort of trying to make good because that was what, like the sixties? 50s. 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 It was, like, 50s. It was oh, almost like a even American dad. Even more to my point, I was going to say, it was almost like they took George Reeves' body type and drew it. And being in the 50s, yeah. that 100% fits. That's exactly right. A big block. Yeah. There you go. Because he yeah. was like barrel chested, like, you know, big brawny guy. Yeah, I did 20 push ups in the morning because that's all I had time to do. And let's go. Yeah, that's the. Uh... Jump out a window and fly to work. That's right, exactly. That's the style. And it's funny because Nicolas Cage is, we talk about this 50s vibe, is not that style. Not. He's so of the 90s in this movie that we love, but I kind of dig it. Like, it's not traditional Superman by any stretch of the imagination, but neither was 90s super comic Superman uh, at all. 100%. Superman you. was in a, in sort of a time of flux um, at this time, I mean, Right around or right after this movie, you had the Superman Electric Blue thing going on, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the character was was sort of finding its way. We had come out of the John Byrne reboot era, and we were heading into, uh, you know, a few years down the line, the sort of the, the, the crisis, um, the infinite crisis era. There was sort of a... Mm-hmm. We were in between, interregnum. We were between two different... That's correct. Right eras. before, this was kind of right before, right at the start of... Uh, before Grant Morrison's run on Justice League. That's which, right. You know, which you get 
Superman blue and Superman red and that and things like that. But anyway, but I kind of dig it. This idea that Clark Kent's kind of like this guy that's like jamming and grooving and he like kind of, but he like laughed to himself, if that makes sense. He almost kind of reminds me of a non-evil Boris from GoldenEye. Ooh. If that if that yeah. ma- if that makes sense, um, you know where he kind of like is listening to a stand up comedy routine to like two blocks over, and so he's laughing at the jokes nobody can hear, but everyone thinks he's a weird guy because he's laughing at nothing according to them. It's, right. it, it, it's it creates this kind of isolation to Superman that I, I actually really dig, um, and so it, because there are, have been other Supermans on screen, like. I like almost like I allow that if that makes sense to you know sure like a fun a fun take that is not original recipe Superman but I'm happy to see it <laughs> original recipe yeah no it's true I am happy to see it it's not my you know not my usual but nice um yeah. it's uh uh it, it it's it's not the sort of thing you would sort of uh or normally say yeah that's Frank Superman like it's not quote-unquote my superman but a superman that i really enjoy as a product of its time and uh, you know in, in its time and place and in, in its historical context that's right it's almost like batman and robin that way where you're kind of like this is not good but i love it for the wrong reasons uh, <laughs> right yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of like that um even some of the other, even some of the other Batman movies, gosh, are kind of like that. Um, I I did think that it was really, I mean, it was a lot. I think to kind of go through this like uh, death and return sequence in one movie, but I do think that they kind of, and even though it's like the first one, you know, the only one with Nicolas Cage, like I think it it weirdly earns it because Superman feels so heroic in it right. doing great things you know the rescuing people from the Thanagarian snare beast and you know and uh you know and like doomsday and then you know like batman gets up on the big screen of the funeral and he's like you know your hero has fallen but don't lose hope it's very comic book you know and so like people people loved the superman and you could feel that they loved him which is a great contrast to how weirdly they felt about clark kent right right mm-hmm. it is such an interesting contrast and such a like I feel like a little bit ahead of its time in a way in mm. terms of we weren't seeing these kinds of these kinds of superhero stories on the big screen at this time. Sure. Um so so yeah, I appreciate it for what it is. You know, that that's one of the things that I appreciate so much for the historical context. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. What do you think uh, I I honestly didn't think that Christopher Walken as Brainiac was going to work? for me like weirdly like weird vampire brainiac weirdly works it weirdly works i mean i think i feel that way about christopher walken most of the time yeah (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah yeah uh christopher i feel like christopher walken is the american bill knight um Hmm. they have a say more things i like that yeah more things right now they have a similar thing where like bill nye can he works and to be clear i'm not saying bill nye the science guy bill nye Mm-hmm. Um, the acclaimed British actor, the acclaimed British yes. actor, uh, whether it's, whether it's, um, about time or Emma or, um, love actually like he, mm-hmm. he is very multifaceted. I feel, um, he can do very over the top silly, like in love. Actually, he can be very 
serious, uh, like in uh, About Time, he is a, a little mm-hmm. bit more of a ser- silly but serious guy. You know, he can, can do the, even, the British period I can piece. Give you one yeah. more too. I can even give it. He can do supervillain in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. He's Davy Jones. There you go. I wasn't even thinking about that. But this is before that, right? This is like him showing those. Right. Sorry, sorry, well, it's not him, but it's <laughs> right. Yeah, I was but like, it's... what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my actor's mixed up. Um, but but it is it is uh, it, it is. I feel like Christopher Walken has a similar energy where he can do the very serious stuff, um, oh, sure. or he can be. I mean, he can play into the guy that he is. I mean, even in a movie like um, Wedding Crashers, mm. he's like the straight man in this comedy film, yeah. right? Why don't you play some competitive sport? Right, like yeah. he's he's not being his <laughs> usual. I mean, he has funny moments. He says funny things. He has jokes and stuff. But he's mm-hmm. not a comedic character overall, right? No, no, movie. no, no. He it's his jokes only land because they play off of other people. That's it. He's a straight man to the other comedians, comedic actors. But in this movie, he gets to really revel in it and and it, you know chew up the scenery a bit. And it's it's really really impressive and and sort of the thing that you might not expect from him. But that's what makes him such a great actor and such a you know like one of the greatest of his generation. It's true. I think that like there's a there's a cold and distant quality to his brainiac that really works, but there's also like a bit of whimsy, like yeah. he also has a polar bear friend. You yes. know, like <laughs> you know, that's yeah. I mean, that's kind of fun. Can we also talk about how like it was the late nineties, mm-hmm. America Online was was like the new thing. And yeah. here we have and this is again ahead of its time. Here we have a supervillain that is a supercomputer sort of foreshadowing like a, a fear of technology, a fear of, um, you know, in America of like becoming too online, becoming too dependent upon computers. Very, very ahead of its time uh, and probably about 10 years ahead of its time because it was, you know, Twitter wouldn't exist for another 11 years after this. Hmm. 10 11 wow. years after this mm-hmm. um so so uh, you know it really it was before social media it was like firmly web 1.0 um a lot of households were still getting access to the the web and getting getting their first computers at this point and here we have a supercomputer villain um of sorts that that really sort of putting a face to the fears of like you know what could the future of technology look like that's yeah. such a great point. I had never, never really connected those dots. Uh, and and to even like take that a step further, this is at an age where like the internet, like you can do anything. You know what I mean? Like the computer does everything you right. think it does. Right, you right. Some buttons and it can like whatever you need it to do. It the computer does. And so, um, Brainiac is the kind of the living embodiment of that. At the same time, I think you're absolutely right. Actually, you know what else is the 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 juxtaposition to that in this movie though is K, yes. which is that like the Superman like babysitter thing that is sent by Jarrell, and it kind of like morphs and grows up with him. This like evolving of technology. Um, but then it literally becomes the thing that keeps Superman alive after his after his death. Yeah. And it like, you know, it like uh, reproduces his powers and like all this stuff like that's super cool because where you have like, here's the danger of technology over here in Brainiac. You have here's the life giving aspect of technology over here. The one that actually can be good for you and nurturing and keep you alive and like bring you to a better place, a better self. That's it's- good. 
it's so interesting. Like this is clearly like a take on Kellex, right? Like it's it's a sure. mm-hmm. sort of nineties uh uh film mashup because you know, this is let's remember, let's put this in history it's 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 historical context. This is a couple of years before X Men and I, I love to use the example all the time of X Men needed to have matching uniforms because that's quote unquote, you know, what audiences mm-hmm. could handle, right? That's right. So like even the idea of like Kellex, it's like, well, we're going to take this idea of this character from the comic the character, you know, like this robot, mm-hmm. uh, this AI yep. from the comics, but we're going to call it K because Kellex is too sci-fi, too science fictiony for our, That's our right. broad audience. So it's just a movie K. with the Thanagarian snare beast. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, you know, yeah, famously the most notorious killer in the, uh, in the animal kingdom. Am I right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanagarian snare beast in the DC comics. There is no greater villain. There than... is no greater killer in the, in all of zoology of, of DC comics. That is correct. None whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock as Lois Lane. Um, pretty solid. I think pretty solid. Sandra, Sandra Bullock's great. I heard it was almost Courtney Cox. And I think that she also would have done a great job. I think she, she could have done an okay job, but I think Sandra Bullock more has more of like the, 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 the chops, you know, like, mm-hmm. I and, and, and like in a, in a, in a relatively early role for her, like really being able to show this side of her, um, or relatively early on in her career, you know, like I, 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 I've I've always been a Sandra Bullock fan, and this is one of the roles that like maybe isn't her most acclaimed, isn't isn't talked about the most as being you know her 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 biggest like most triumphant role. But I think really really a good portrayal of Lois Lane for those of us like you and I who are fans of that character to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I it, I think that she's got a snappiness. And uh, like a almost like a frenetic energy that some Loises I think are really I really lack, but yeah. she just brings it in spades. Like you know, she can take you down. She's got this glint in her eye, she's, and you know that she can't spell typewriter, but she sure damn can well use one. She can use one, right? Yeah. Like it's totally, yeah. totally, totally like she is an ace reporter, like in the truest sense of the word and she she brings that to life and a lot you know it's i i feel like and tell me if you you can disagree if if that's the case but i feel like she fed off the energy of dana delaney's lois that was going on around the same time on television Mm -hmm. i feel like there was a very similar sort of fast pace you know different different than margot kidder different than any lois Mm -hmm. that that maybe had been around Prior to that, and I would say Marco Kidder was probably the most influential Lois up to that time. Yes. She was clearly going in a different, uh, 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 informed by Marco Kidder, but not exactly a an homage, right? Yes, I agree. I th- well, I mean, it's the 90s. You know, they updated Superman, they updated Lois. You know, this is, you know, post, you know, third wave of feminism or like we're in the third wave of feminism in this time. So, you know, there's like women in the, women in the workplace, but, you know, what is that? Before Lois was like the only woman in the workplace, you know, and now we're like, and now we're like, we're in the era of the the modern woman in in film in 1997. So, uh, and I think Sandra Bullock really brought that in spades. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, it, there are a lot of super suits in this movie, Frank. And you know, I know you love a good super suit. Where is my super suit? Yeah. Why do you need to know? <laughs> uh, anyway. uh, it's great. 
Um, so there's a lot of super suits in this movie. He goes through a couple changes. There's like the classic look, and there's the K look, and there's the um, rehabilitation like yep. armored look, and then there's the and then there's the black suit at the end. Did you like the Superman suits in this movie? I, you know, as designs. Here's the thing: if I had had I just seen them as designs on a page. I probably wouldn't have cared for them so much. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea of the the black suit and where the S comes off and becomes blades, I think is one of the coolest ideas that has ever been introduced. Like, wow, what a cool idea and like what a cool like way to up the ante, you know? Yeah, it's it's like the '90s version of the cellophane S, mm. right? You know, like that's right. More blades, more danger, more everything. Yeah, because you know, Superman really does need blades. You know, that is the one thing the character is yeah. missing. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Like it's it's sort of a a, a missing uh, a dark spot, you know. And like that's why that's why we've had in in places like smallville we have we've had like and here i go again you know me or typical frank bring up smallville bring up smallville but like you know you've had like kryptonian kryptonite daggers and things like this like because that's a that is a through line um in the in the sort of mythology and i love that they brought it to life in this way in this movie and i think that it 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 worked it worked i you know on paper it didn't seem like it would work but on the big screen it worked yeah, you know, and Frank, this is pre-Blade, you know, don't forget. And so this is like, you know, pe- before people were like, we got to put Blades in movies. Yeah, this totally, is totally. This is, before S that. is the Blade. This is yeah. before that. This is the forerunner. Yeah. You know, and finally, Frank, I think that really brings us to, we talked about Nick Cage as Clark Kent, but what about his Superman? We see a lot of, like, Superman recovering, so we see, like, pre-death Superman and post-death Superman and Superman recovering, but what about pre-death Superman? How do you feel? Like, did he bring the gravitas that Superman needs? Was he friendly and charming and want to help people? Or was he, or would you be afraid of him? Or were hmm. you afraid of him? Um, I was not afraid of him. Um, I mean, how could you be afraid of Nicholas Cage? Am I right? But, but, hmm. but really, he, um, you know, his Clark was... An interesting departure from, you know, again, we're only we're talking about only, you know, 10 years earlier, um, Christopher Reeve shed mm-hmm. the cape. Right. So so yep. we're still very much in the shadow of that. And he he gave it his own spin as Clark and then. As Superman gave it his his own spin, but very much in the tradition. In the, you know, storied history of going back to. Bud Collier mm-hmm. voicing him in the cartoons and Kirk Good Allen ball. being the first live action super all the way back to that tradition uh, of the late 30s, early 40s, really bringing this character to life. He really sort of claimed his own stake um, on on um, on this character. You know, there was a, a, a different a, a different take on it in terms of the the, the smolder. And and mm. the way that he, because you know Nicolas Cage, late '90s, still sort of a a, a '90s sex symbol, um, mm-hmm. and he brought that. Um, you asked him about gravitas. Did he bring the same gravitas that you know Christopher Reeve did? Arguable, debatable. I would say that he he gave it his own. You know, 
his own Nicolas Cage brand of uh, seriousness yeah. and and not even gravitas, but like sincerity. Right, he was very sincere mm-hmm. in the way that he handled the uh, the character. Was it the same kind of gravitas, quote unquote gravitas, you got from Christopher Reeve? Maybe not exactly the same, but it was sincere. It was earnest. Earnest is the word I'm looking for. It was very earnest. It was very like he meant what he was saying. You know, you believe mm. what he was saying, even if it wasn't quite in the same way that Christopher Reeve would say, like you know. I sure, or other, or point. yeah, or other Superman before that, but mm-hmm. it definitely mm-hmm. was the, uh, with the long hair. I, I, I like long hair Superman. This is very strange. Uh, well, it was very nineties. I mean, it fit in with the comics of the time. It did. It did, and uh, and it it really it really worked for this version of the character. This like you know. Hawaiian shirt wearing Clark Kent, whatever you know. I think, and I think it worked for Superman because if Superman was like, "Hey, I'm one of you. I also have long hair. Let's yeah. not forget that." You know, like we're past the Wayne boring square Superman, and we're into Superman's cool. It's the and '90s, man. Remember that? The S when we stands say that? for cool, Frank. Yeah, uh, sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> On it's my planet, S. it means cool. It's a hard S. I would yeah. give one final shout out to the man that maybe saved this project, and that is Kevin Smith. Indeed, indeed, uh, who has spoken about it numerously over the years and how uh, much of a joy it was to work on this project. You know, he just had a great working relationship with, uh, you know, his computer and John Peters and Warner Brothers. and The, it, the dream team of mm-hmm. Kevin Smith and John Peters coming together to work on this film. I, My only regret is that we didn't get more of the Smith-Peters collaboration Mm. on on future films you know the fact that it got sort of diverted and and we went in a different direction after this really really is my my deepest you know sadness about this project that's true but what an excellent time capsule this Mm. is in in its own way you know much like k wrapping itself around kal-el to save its life and being in a pod so this movie too is also a pod for our memory wow I don't think we can top that. That's fantastic. It's good. It's good, That's Frank. Good. Well, listen, to everyone listening, um, happy April Fool's Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was <laughs> that fun. Was so Everything fun. we just said to you was false. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And you, we love you. Um, thank you for enjoying our April Fool's episode. Uh, well, thank you for listening to our Fool's episode. We hope you enjoyed yeah, it. I hope we made it all the way through. Uh-huh. Uh, we made it all the way through. Uh, you can find Beer with Geeks when we're not talking about fake movies uh, at beerwithgeeks.com, at foppableaudio.com, on all of the podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Casts. Uh, tune in. You can talk to your Amazon Echo device. And tell it to play Beer with Geeks, and it will play Beer with Geeks. That's true. Um, all of that, you can find us in all those places. Email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com, at beerwithgeeks on Twitter, patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio if you want to support us on Patreon and help make these shows happen. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, uh, suffering through our little April Fool's joke to all of you, and we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I had a, I had a blast. So I hope that uh I hope that you all did too. That's great. 
Well, Frank, uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers.